Colossians chapter 3, from the theme, How to Have Spiritual Power Over the Flesh. How to Have Spiritual Power Over the Flesh. In chapter 3, let's begin with verse number 4 in the book of Colossians, once I get over to the book of Colossians. Chapter 3, we find in verse number 4 these words. When the Mishiach, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, or evil lusting, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God comes upon the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walk some time when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth. Lie not one to, another, to one another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. And to put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge, after the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Gentile, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but the Mishiach is in all and in all. Put, the, put on therefore as the elect of Yahuwah, holy and beloved, hearts of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another, if any man have any quarrel against any, even as the Mishiach forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of Yahuwah rule in your hearts, to which ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let's pray. Father, we bless you this morning. We thank you for this hour, for this moment. We glorify and edify and magnify you, for you are worthy to receive the glory and the honor and the praise. We ask you now to come in among us and teach us, lead and guide us through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, have your way in the worship service and guide us today and bring back to our heart the things that we've already studied, that you may be glorified and that the kingdom of God may receive all honor and glory. Let us go forth and share what you share with us to a dying world. These blessings we ask to create and declare by faith in Christ Yeshua's name. Let everybody say, Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. We find the word of God here tells us that we're going to have issues in this life with the flesh. We're going to have war and fighting going on. Our flesh has no desire whatsoever to follow and do the things that God asked and require of us to do. Because there's a war going on between the two of them, the flesh fighting the spirit, the spirit fighting the flesh. And a lot of times, if we're not strong enough spiritually, the flesh will win. Paul tells us in Romans, the first, the eighth chapter, the first two verses, there is no condemnation to them which are in Christ, Yeshua, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of Christ has made us free from the law of sin and death. 
The law of the spirit of Christ has made us free from the law of sin and death. So even though we are entitled to it, we deserve it, but because of what Christ did at Calvary for each and every one of us, we are able to escape what could create a lot of problems and issues for us. For what, Paul says, was impossible under the law for the flesh to do, God did in sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin in the flesh. So this is an area where we all can use the word of God. So some of these sermons are not some of my favorites either, but the reality is we all need to have the word of God and apply it to our lives that we may live according to the word of God and the will of God and ask God to give us power and control over our physical flesh because we are born in sin and shaped in iniquity. It's not our fault that we're in a sinful, in a sinful shell that we call the flesh, but the reality is we still have to be brought under the subjection of the word and the will of God. There is righteousness, or that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Our heart must be focused on God, Christ, our Lord and our Savior. I'm glad y'all taking them out. The reality is, it is the will of God that we all be submissive to the Holy Spirit. That we all live under the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And that we allow the Holy Spirit to help us. Sometimes we want to go to the club. When I was younger, we used to call it the black velvet. We'd go down there and we want to go down there and party and have a good time. The reality is, one day the preacher said, he said, I'll tell you what, when the next time your flesh says you're going to the club, you just say, no, I'm going home. And you turn yourself and go home. I promise you, your flesh will follow you. It'll go exactly where you take it to. But if you submit yourselves to the worldly things, then the worldly things has power and control over you. God says, don't let the world or the flesh control you. You be controlled by the what? Spirit in your mind. Be renewed by the Holy Spirit. Be renewed every day. When you read the word, what does it do? It empowers you to have control over the flesh. For we all get weak and timid. We all fall short, but the reality is we've got to ask God to keep us stronger. We've got to ask God to help us to maintain and to go forward in the things of God through what? Taking control when we are not willing to take control. It is the Holy Spirit that says, nope, don't do that. Holy Spirit remind us, you know that's not in the word. See, anything, and I told somebody, I asked this question years ago, and I responded to them. I said, anything that you are doing that you're not pleased for God to walk in on, Stop it. If God can't walk up on it, walk in on it, then you don't need to be doing it. God says what? Be holy. I'll get to that verse in a minute. First Peter 1, 15 and 16. But as he which call you is holy, so be ye holy in all matter of conversation. Sometimes we have to control our language. We have a young lady on the job. She cursed every third or fourth word. And one day I got fed up with it. Last week, matter of fact. And I asked, I said, you told me you were a Christian and you go to church every Sunday. So why do you curse all the time? 
every one of us every now and get mad enough and we may let one slip, but to just walk around, just, just like a, it's an, just a natural thing, cursing every third or fourth word, just saying all kind of ugly things that nobody wanted. I said, you're supposed to be a child of God. And her excuse was that God is not finished with me. He's still working on me. You are a liar. The word says, change your conversation. Don't let the flesh govern you. If you speak the word of God and fill your mind and your heart with the word, you won't curse every third or fourth word. You know, I know I was one of the best of them when I was out there. I could out curse anybody. But the reality is when God changed me, he cleaned that up. I'm not perfect with it, but he's cleaned it up. And God will continue to clean us up. We have to just say, Lord, help me. Tamisha said that this morning. Lord, help me. You know, I'm ready to quit and throw in the towel, but Lord, help me. And see, the more you keep crying out for help, guess what? He going to send, he sent Jackie, the perfect person that needed to go to her rescue at that time. See, that's why all of us, we all have ministry. It's not all on me. See, God may tell you, if God put somebody in your heart, you need to take care of that. You need to call them and check on them. Or pray for them, at least pray for them. You know, Sister Milton came up in my spirit early, early, early Saturday morning, four days. And the Lord said, pray for her. And there is an issue going on with, with some of her family, and she needed prayer. And I called her yesterday, and she explained to me what was going on, and that's why she's not here today. But the reality is when the people of God need you, when somebody come up in your spirit, you just begin to pray. Don't worry about what's going on. You just pray for that person. Pray for that situation. There's nothing wrong with her, but there's a family matter that she was concerned about. And she had to go home to see about her child. And the reality is we have, that's why it's so important that the congregation continue to pray one for another. That's why I say pray for one another all the time. Somebody come up and I hear somebody tell me, say, I pray for you every day, Pastor. I pray for you every time you come up in my spirit. Y'all do that because I need prayer. Yeah. There's some real devils out there that will try it. <laughs> and I'm one of them that's going to respond to the dirt. See, the reality is, that's why God says, stay before God in worship. Stay before God in prayer. Seek his face and call upon him. What else did Tim, Tim, uh, 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 Peter said? Because it is written in the 16th verse of 1 Peter, he said in the first chapter, for it is written, be ye what? Holy, for I am holy. So we can't walk around and say, well, we are without excuse. You, well, well, the Lord is still working on me. No, he said, no, you have the ability to do that. You have the power to do that because the word is what keeps you there. See, the word of God, it is the word that gives you the power. It is the word that gives you life. It is so whenever you come to me and give me those flimsy excuses, I've been in the ministry 33 years. So don't come to me with those flimsy excuses about your behavior. <laughs> God's word says what? Help me. Somebody make you so mad you have to go off on them sometimes. And sometimes you got to go down to that level so they can understand who you are and what you thought, what you stand for. And you got to stand up for your rights and stand up for yourself and stand up for your relationship and stand up, stand up, stand up and hold your ground. Don't let the devil walk over you. See, what? He's already defeated. You already got it. You walk in victory. What you running around here worried about? Just go ahead and do what God told you to do. It, it is the will of God for us 
to control our flesh. Listen to what John said in the third chapter in the sixth verse. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And then in in John 6 and 63, he said, it is the spirit that quickens. That word in the Greek means to give life to. The spirit gives you life. You run around here and you ain't got no word in you. That's why you ain't got no life. You ain't reading your Bible. You ain't seeking God and praying. That's why you ain't got no life. He said, the spirit quickens, quickens, gives life to. The flesh profits us nothing. I don't care how pretty and fine and cute and sexy you think you are. Your flesh cannot bring you any profit. See, people just use you up and send you on down the road. But when you walk in the spirit, the spirit takes over. And when that fellow comes along or that lady comes along, you say, wait a minute, I'm walking in the spirit and I got to trust the God that I serve and I got to stay pure until he tell me to marry or whatever he tell me to do in the things of God. I got to stay to that. I got to stay to the course. If I don't stay to the course, I'm going to end up doing something or, or, or getting an experience that I'm not ready for or I don't need to have. That's what the word of God helps us to do. So I was out there. I could have had 20 or 30 children. You know what I mean? But the Lord kept me. He said, no, I don't want you walking around here pastoring with 30 children. 25 children. See, see, when we're in the flesh, we're in the flesh. So you need to know. I'm not perfect. See, people want pastors that, that walk around all pious like they're perfect. I'm not perfect. I'll tell you right now, I'm not perfect. I have to pray every day. Because always, you always got somebody coming from one direction or another direction and throwing themselves at you and sending y'all. I get stuff in, in, in my, in my uh, inboxes and in, in my Instagram. I didn't know humans would send in the mail. But you, the devil is out to get you. He wants he want you. He wants to destroy. He said, the devil don't really want you. He want to stop the word from coming out of you. He want to put you in a position where you can't be able to minister, where your spirit is crushed and broken down to the point to where you're ready to say, that's it, I've had it. But you say, Lord, I fail. What he said, a righteous man fall what, seven times? But he gets back up. He don't lay there. He gets back up and he keeps fighting. You got to be strong. You got to get up from there. Say, Lord, I made a mistake. I ask for forgiveness, I repent, and move on. Now, if you're doing something that God created you to do, and you're supposed to be doing it, and you can't contain yourself, and, and what did Paul said in, in, the, in the seventh chapter of 1 Corinthians, it's better to marry than to burn. He's talking about that fleshly burning that you have for, for intimacy. He said it's better to get married than to have that. If you, got, if you can't handle it, get married. Come running to the altar every Sunday. Lord, I fornicated again. Please forgive me. No, if you can't handle your flesh, get married. There's no need for you to be running around worried. You be running around concerned. Running around, I can't figure this out. No, God said, that's why I gave you. He said, I made you for that. Yes. To be fruitful and to multiply and replenish the earth. If you can't handle the flesh, get married. Get you a husband. Get you a wife. If you can't handle the flesh. That's what God told us to do. Amen. If you can, thank God he's giving you the strength to do it. But there's somebody out there going to try it. They know exactly how to ring your bell. Y'all remember that song? You can ring my bell. You, y'all know that song. They wasn't talking about no bell. At, <laughs> talking about no bell at the church. It's comical, but it's fun. It's true. The word of God gives us the power to control 
by the flesh by simply speaking the word of God over us. When we, when we speak the word of God and it, we hear the word of God, it empowers us to do what the word of God says. In our text, we're going to look at verse number four in the third chapter. He says, when the Mishiach, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. He said, when Christ appears, we will appear with him in glory. But until then, look at verse number five. Mortify, that means put to death. That means to abase, to depress, to become humble, to devitalize, to numb the practices of the flesh. See? He goes on, he says, have self-denial for the physical appetites of your body. You got to deny yourself. That's what Christ says. If you're going to follow me, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me daily. He said every day, not just today, not just tomorrow, but every day you got to follow me. Therefore, your members which are upon the earth is flesh. See, everybody, all of us is made of what? Flesh. Born in sin, shaped in iniquity. Paul said it was a man that's born of a woman is but of a few days and they're full of what? Agony, misery, trouble, flesh. That's what the flesh does. So you can't run around thinking you're perfect. Some Christians think they're perfect. They ain't going to make no mistakes. Well, I'm holier than thou. I got saved last week and they be on fire for the first three or four months. But you can't get them out of your face to witness it and tell them everything. And when the, when the, when the calmness wear down, all of a sudden they done disappeared. As soon as they commit a sin, they ain't a Christian no more because they sin. No, you ain't stop being a Christian because you sin. You just need to repent and get back in in line. God didn't take it away from you just because you sinned. He said when you received him as Lord and Savior and you accepted him, he covered you with the blood. But that didn't stop the devil from still coming after you. He's going to still come after you. He's going to still say, boy, she is one more fine thing. Got a guy on, guy on the job, he always said, when Lord, when God made a woman, if he made anything any finer, he kept it for himself. And he's always, the men are always up to no good. And women, y'all do it too. Lord, look how fine he is today. What you wearing, brother? You got, what, what's that you got on? Y'all know, they're coming at you, what kind of cologne you wearing? I got on some of that city escape today, baby. You know, that's, that's, that, that, that's a Mary Kay product. What you got on today? And they want to know. See, you see, you need to know the truth. Everybody want to tell you, talk to you about the things that's going on in your life. But that's an area of life that a lot of people don't want to talk about. We want to keep that in the closet. Oh, there he is raising up something that he don't need to be talking about. I'll tell you this little story I heard. This lady was sitting in church, and uh, the man, the pastor, was preaching this sermon. And as he was preaching, he was talking about all the different sins that people do. Got on tobacco and cigarettes. Oh, yeah, get them ribbed, get them ribbed. He got on drinking and carrying on with alcohol. Get them ribbed, get them ribbed, get them ribbed, get them he got on all of the sins, fornication and adultery. Get him, Reb. You preaching now. All of a sudden, he said, yeah, and you snuff dippers. She said, there he go, Medlin. 
Let's look at this fifth verse. He says, Mortify therefore the members of your of upon which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil lusting or concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Let's look at these. Fornication is sexual intimacy between two unmarried people. Some people call that adultery. That's not adultery. Adultery is when you are married and you go outside of that relationship. Whenever you are betrothed by contract, what is contract? Engagement. And you break that vow, even engagement. If you break that vow during the engagement, that's adultery. Fornication is the opposite. It's two unsaved people or two people that's a human woman and a man. All this other stuff, God ain't got nothing to do with that. That's the devil created all that other stuff. Willie and John and Susie and Sharon, that's the devil. God made Adam and Eve. And he said, that's the way it's supposed to be. And they're supposed to multiply and replenish the earth. And somebody came to me and told me, he said, Bishop, now things have changed. I said, well, explain to me why the dogs and the cats and all the birds and all those people, they, the animals don't do it. So why do we, we got better sense than they do. We got better sense than they do. Why, why, do, why they don't run around chasing after one another? Two male dogs. I never seen two male dogs hooked up together. Two female dogs hooked up together. The word is the word. God says, I made Adam and Eve. And God says, because people choose that behavior, I'm going to give them over to a reprobate mind. Which means because you want to do it, I'm going to empower you to do it. But guess what? There's consequences. There's consequences. Don't, 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 don't stone the messenger. See, the reality is the word of God is the word of God. Let's look at this, the rest of this. It says uncleanness. What is uncleanness? Being morally, spiritually impure, infected, harmful, just dirty and nasty and contagious. That's what he's talking about. Unwilling to have love, respect, and righteousness no matter what other people say. You're just dirty. You're just unclean. Just refuse to do what's right. What is inordinate affection? Excessive, unnatural things with no limitation. This, un, this unnecessary. So you, just, you haven't seen a gluttonous person? They just glutton. They're going to do it regardless. Don't care what nobody say. they just glutton to do the dirt that they do. God said, don't be inordinately affectionate. That is a sin. Evil lusting with the eye, with the flesh, the pride of life. That's evil. Just, you know, and then covetousness. What is covetousness? They got one. I want the one they got. I don't want another one. I want that one. Somebody walk up to you and see you with something on and say, oh, I, can I have that? That's, that's covetousness. Wealthy people do that. Unwealthy people do that. The world do it. The church do it. They see somebody with something on next Sunday. They got on something very similar to it. That looks so nice. I think I'm going to go buy me one. And Lord behold, you walk in with the same identical thing on. You've been with it for a while. And here comes somebody with the same, that same identical thing. Well, wait a minute. I just bought that the other day. <laughs> I just bought that three or four weeks ago. And now you done went and bought one. Why? We have, we have, we have a car club at work. We, we call it the Hyundai Elantra Inline Club. So everybody... 
For all of a sudden, all these people with these SUVs, now all of a sudden they want inlines. Because everybody else they see with an inline, they want one now too. So we got four people at work that's got inlines now. We got one person that's got one on order. It ain't come yet, but they're waiting on it. The reality is, God says, don't be covetous. Don't want what somebody else wants. Don't desire what somebody else desires. God says, ask, and it shall be what? Given to you. Seek, and you shall knock, and the door will be opened. See, ask God for it. Believe God for it, and receive it. That's what the word teaches us. Let's go a little bit further, and I'm going to wrap this up. How do we overcome and have control of our physical bodies. It's very simple. The word God, the word of God bears it out in this very scripture. He says, put on the what? New man. The new man. The new man. What is the new man? It is the spirit of God. Remember, God is Elohim, Yahuwah, the creator, and he who breathes life. God is Yeshua HaMashiach, we call him Jesus Christ, the Son, and God is the Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit. It's all one person. All this Trinity stuff needs to stop. It's a lie from the pit of hell. God is one person. He operated in different offices, but he's still one person. He was in the heavens, he wrapped himself in flesh, and came to earth and lived among us. He did what he had to do went to the cross, paid for our sins, and ascended back into heaven. And he said, when I get there, the Father's going to send the comforter of the Holy Spirit. And he's going to reign and rule with you till I return. Still the same person. So I don't know where they get all these three different people from and try to make them all three different officers and all this stuff. God is the same. He's the same person. He has not changed. He says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes. See? Tomorrow, he's the same as he was today. Yesterday, he was the same as he is today. He's, God don't change. He's the same all the time for all reasons, for all people. Whatever you need from God, you can go to God anytime. He's not going to turn away from you if you have your faith and trust in him. He's going to make sure that you have what you need to have when you need to have it. He said, put on hearts of mercy, kindness, humbleness, of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. How do I control the flesh? This is how. Humbleness, meekness, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. Somebody makes you so mad you're just ready to take them out. Still got to forgive. And Lord, you know that wasn't right. And I have, I have had those conversations with God. And Lord, you know they did me wrong. That wasn't right. Just like I'm talking to you, I'm saying, Lord, you know that wasn't right. I'll be in the car, I'm talking now loud. Lord, you know that wasn't right. They did me wrong. It don't be long before something happened to them. The God will get you back. Y'all call it karma. I call it revenge. <laughs> God will get you back. He said, I give you power. God said he's giving you power. He's giving power to the servant of God. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And anyone that rise up against you, you shall condemn. He said, this is the power that I've given to my servants. Yeah. That's why I always tell you that. Oh, be careful what you say about the preacher. 
God will get you back. Sometimes you mess around and stomp. You be on the phone talking to somebody, talking about the preaching, done stomp your foot. Or something done fell on your foot. Or something fell, on, fell over on your, you waste the food in your lap and it's scorching hot. <laughs> God trying to warn you, let that man alone. <laughs> My pastor, when he started pastoring and was ministering and pastoring, and he said the people, the board this to come up against him and fight him like crazy. And he said he prayed about that thing and he said them jokers started dying and he started funeralizing all of them. You can't fight the preacher and win. You're, going to lose. You're fighting a losing battle. If you're doing something, pray and ask God to fix it. And God will fix it every single time. Let's wrap this up. For bearing one another and forgiving one another, they done you wrong, just forgive them. And then he says, put on love. What is he talking about? The Greek word there is the word agape. It means brotherly love, brotherly kindness. There's eros, phileo, and palan. They're all different loves in the Greek. But this one is brotherly love. He's talking about love one another, despite what somebody has said and what they've done. That's why you come into the atmosphere of the church and there should be peace and harmony and you should feel welcome because there's what? Love among the brethren. We concern about one another. We reach out to one another. We take care of one another. When something's going on, we know how to reach to get to God. And God knows exactly who to send. That's love. Yes. Unconditional love. There's no conditional. God don't make his love conditional. It's unconditional. We have conditional love. Yes. You ain't going to give me no money. I'm not going to cook for you. I'm not going to feed you. I'm not going to buy no groceries. I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going. No, love anyway. Let love have what? Free course in your life. Let love manifest regardless of what you're experiencing. So what they made you, man, continue to love. Because if you quit loving, when God sends the perfect person, guess what? You're not going to be available because you have closed your heart. Because someone has done you wrong. Someone has mistreated you. And because of that, you're still harming that. Years and years and years and years and years down the road, you're still harboring it. Let it go. They've moved on. Let it go. Forgive, forget, and continue to love. Then he says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. See, it, whenever you allow all of the fruit of the Spirit to manifest in your life, God says, I will give you perfect peace. You will walk in peace. And people won't understand the world just crumbling all around you. And you're just walking like you're on a cloud. Just as balanced and assured and stable as you can be because you're in perfect peace. The peace of God rules your heart. The peace of God controls your heart. The peace of God directs you. You're just walking in peace. And nothing can shake you because you're on a solid foundation. And you're walking in the blessings and the love and the peace of God. That passes all understanding. You don't even understand. It. That's why I said passes all understanding. You ain't even got sense enough to understand. I'm just at peace. Carla came in here this morning. She said, and I, when I walk through the door, I can feel the what? Peace and the presence of God. And that's what you want in God's house. When people come in, they want to feel so good, they have to come back again. And every now and then, if y'all pay attention to it, every now and then you'll see one slip in and sit over there, one slip in and over. They're done been there. They just keep coming back. They keep coming. And there's a reason for that. They're orchestrated to come back. That's why they keep coming back. They don't keep coming back because they want to. God, you need to go over there. I got a message for you. 
You wake up and say, I hadn't been to so-and-so and so. I'm going to go over there and sit with them and visit with them today. God knows exactly what he's doing. He's orchestrated you to be here because there's a word you need to have. Some of y'all say, oh, Lord, if I knew preacher was going to preach that this morning, I would have stayed at home. Too late. You're here now. You are already here. And you are responsible for this message. Christ, let Christ dwell in you. Live your heart richly in all the wisdom of God. Rejoice in the singing and the knowledge and the power of God with spiritual songs and hymns, the writer says, with grace in your heart. Do it all, whatever you do, word or deed. Do it all to the glory and in the name of Christ, our Lord and Savior. Giving thanks to who? The Father by him. He said, when you, when you give thanks to God and trust God and allow the word of God to manifest in your life and in your heart and let the word of God control you physically, emotionally, and mentally, you're going to be just fine. People walk up to you and say things and do things and you just kind of look at them all strange looking, but you are at peace because it's not the world system that's controlling you. It's not the world system that's keeping you. It is the Holy Spirit that's keeping you. It is the power and the presence of God from the word of God that's keeping you and watching over you and protecting you. God will do it if you will what? Allow him to. You can have control over your physical by simply saying, Father, I give it unto you. Lead me, guide me, direct me, and teach me and show me the way. And God will always put that word that you need. He'll always open that Bible when you open it, always open to what you need to read to encourage you, to inspire you, to uplift you, and to keep you going. When you trust God, he will always work it out. When you give it to him, he will always bring you to that place of victory. You have victory already. Just continue to do what you're doing to bring glory and praise to God. God bless you today. May heaven smile upon you. Let us stand for a word of prayer. Father, we come this afternoon to give you praise and to give you glory. We thank you for this hour, for this moment. We thank you for this message, Lord God. And we just ask you now to move on our hearts and give us the power, the courage, and the strength through the word and through prayer and through seeking you and through the love of the spirit within us to control our physical bodies. Let this message accomplish that for which thou hast sent it. We bless you. We praise you. We give you glory. We give you honor and majesty. Cover this congregation. Cover this church and protect each and every one of us. We ask now your blessings upon this nation. We ask your blessings upon churches around this country. Ministers and pastors, touch and give them wisdom and knowledge and strength to preach and to teach and to pastor and to lead your people. We give you praise and glory for this hour and for this day and for this moment. We bless you. We praise you. We edify, magnify, and glorify you. Our divine Savior, we ask that in Christ, Yeshua's mighty name, that all God's people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. John, the third epistle. From the theme, is there sincere hospitality in the church? Is there sincere hospitality in the church? Let us pray. Father, we thank you this morning for this day and for this hour. We bless your holy and righteous name. We just ask you now to come forth and minister through us and to us that we may apply the principles of your word. To our lives go out and live by that others may see Christ in us and come unto thee. We ask you to bless this message this morning. Bring back to our hearts and minds the things that we've already studied. 
that you may be glorified and receive all honor and glory today. We thank you. We ask it now and we pray in Christ Yeshua. I will save his name. Let all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. We find that John the Revelator, the apostle, writes this particular letter. In the third epistle of John, we find the elder, beginning with verse 1, to the elect lady and her children, to whom I love in the truth, and not... Oh, well, I'm looking at... Let's go to, let's go to number 3. Third, party, the third epistle. The, the elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth, beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came to me and testified of the truth that is in you. Even as you walk in truth, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Beloved, do faithfully whatsoever you do to the brethren, to strangers, which have grown witness of your love before the called out assembly, whom if you bring forward on their journey, that which is pleasing and worthy of God. You shall do well, because that your God, that for God's name's sake, they went forth, taking nothing for other nations. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. I wrote unto the called out assembly, but thy overfrees, who love to have the preeminence among them received us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he does prating against us with malleous words and not content, wherewith neither does he himself receive the brethren and forbids them that would and cast them out of the assembly. We find in this particular text John writes this letter to an individual by the name of Gaius. No doubt Gaius was one of the ones who came forth when John was on his earthly ministry going from place to place. Gaius was one of the ones, no doubt, who took him in and made reservations for him, feeding him and giving him shelter while he traveled along his journey. The word tells us and shares with us this morning that the elder that he's talking about is John the Apostle. And John writes this letter because of how the brethren, ministers, preachers, and pastors that travel should be treated by those in the body of Christ. We see that's not always the case as we look further down in this particular scripture. The Bible tells us that hospitality is to be friendly and to be generous it is to, 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 to be one who receives with reception those that are visiting, one who entertains and takes care of the people of God, the guests, the visitors, and even also strangers that may come into your dwelling while they're traveling for ministry's sake. Matthew tells us in the 25th chapter and the 35th and 36th verse, For I was and hungered, and he gave me meat. I was thirsty and he gave me drink. I was a stranger, and he took me in, naked, and he clothed me. I was sick, <clears throat> and he visited me. I was in prison, 
and ye came unto me. So the word tells us that Christ himself shares with those individuals that he had separated sheep from the goat. And he told the sheep these words. When I was hungry, you fed me. Thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was naked, you put clothes on me. So he talks about being hospitable by those sheep that he was just about to let go into the glories of God in Matthew, uh, the 25th chapter, verses 35. If you read all of that chapter, you'll see the rest of this story. But I just took a content, uh, just a little bit out of that to share with you. But in this story, John speaks to Gaius, whom he knows, whom he loves in the truth. And he says, beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. John tells him that I want you to prosper in health. It is a prerequisite there, even as your soul prospers. So what is he saying? I hope you're doing well and and things are going well with you. And I want this to continue through your physical man as you grow in your spiritual man. That's why the word of God is so important to each and every one of us. Because when we look at the word of God and apply the principles of God's word, the scripture bears us out and tells us that we should be growing spiritually. There's no way that you can receive the word of God and hear the word of God and apply it to your lives and it doesn't make a difference. Every time you hear the word of God, it will peel something that's ungodly off of you. It will encourage and strengthen you. The writer tells us, he goes on and says, For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you. So no doubt some had already come to John about the behavior and the good deeds that Gaius was doing. The things that he had been sharing and the things that he'd been doing in ministry. He was a member of a church, but it was not known which particular church he was, but the people in the church had nothing but good things to say about him. Is that the case for the church today? Can you go to the house of God and find the peace, brotherly love and unity and hospitality where people come in and feel welcome and feel comfortable in God's house? Or do we go into the church and somebody's got their nose snarled up at somebody and somebody's spiteful and envious and all these evil spirits is taking over the body of Christ and people are afraid to even come to church? The word of God says, let there be peace and unity, love, generosity, and hospitality in God's house. The word of God tells us, and shares with us the importance of love in the church. Look at verse number five. He says, Beloved, do faithfully whatsoever you do to the brother. Do it faithfully. Don't start and then stop. When you take on an assignment, complete it. If you decide to assist somebody that's traveling that's in town, Complete that task. Don't say, well, I'll let you stay tonight. Tomorrow you got to find somewhere else to go. (laughs) But let them come, reside, and meet all of their needs while they're there. I remember a couple years ago, my mother uh, had to have back surgery. And we were discussing before her surgery where she was going to be staying. She didn't know that, but we were discussing where she would be staying whenever her, when she had her surgery, because 
We didn't feel comfortable with her at her house because of so many things that was obstacles that was difficult for her to get around and to do as she would need to do in her home. So we had discussed it and behold, she had no idea that when she came out of the hospital that she would be going to stay with my brother who had at that time 3,500 square feet. Everything on one level, all she had to do was step up two steps to go into the house. And so she stayed there for over five months doing her recovery. But that's what God is saying. He made sure she had every meal, whatever she wanted. He went out and purchased it and, and prepared it. And what, that's how God wants us to be <clears throat> as believers, to take care of his people. <clears throat> take care of those that are sick, those that are despondent and bereaved, those that have need. He said, take care of them. And that was an instance where she did not want for anything. Matter of fact, he almost had to run her back home. <laughs> she became so comfortable in the environment. But the reality is that's how people should feel when you welcome them in your home. They should feel like they're in God's kingdom. That they are royalty. They don't have to lift a finger to do anything. But just enjoy the comforts and the provisions that God has made for them through you, a child of God. That's what John was talking about in this particular scripture. The word of God tells us and shares with us that, 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 that in 1 Corinthians 16, 6 and 7, and it may be that I will abide, yea, in the winter with you, that ye may bring me on the journey whithersoever I go. Paul's talking here to the church at Corinth. He's on his missionary journey. And he says, as I'm traveling, there are things that will be needed. So I will be coming past that direction. And when I'm coming through, I will probably be staying with some of you. I will probably be spending some time with you. Verse 7 says, for I will not see you now by the way, but trust to tarry a while with you if the Lord permits. He says, I'm coming through. And then when I come through, I may have to stay with you for a while, being that the Lord permit me to stop and spend time in that area. In the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 18 says, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according unto the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them Midas war a good war or fight a good fight. He says you have these things that you need, but, but apply them to your life and apply them for the purpose of protection and being watched over by the power and the presence of God that is in you. We find in verse number six of the uh, third epistle of John, which grown witness, and he's talking to the beloved there. Uh, and then he says, of your love before the called out assembly or the church, whom if you bring forward of their journey, that which is pleasing and worthy to God, you shall do well. He said, do what is good. Do what is righteous by the people of God. Treat them with respect. Yes. I know sometimes people make you want to knock them down and say some things and get them straight, but we have to be hospitable. We still have to show hospitality when they come into God's house. We still have to let people feel welcome so they'll feel free to come again. Nobody wants to go someplace and 
they leave aggravated. Say, that was the worst experience I ever had in my life. I'm never going back. But instead, you want them to say, I really enjoyed my visit. I'm going to come back again and again and again and again and again. As long as the word of God is coming forth and the people of God is treating me like somebody, I'm going to keep coming back. I'm going to keep growing. I'm going to keep enjoying the environment and the experience of the Holy Spirit working through those people. Because it is God in you that does the work for the people that he bring into the place of worship. Verse 7 tells us in this chapter, um, he says, because that for God's namesake, they went forth, taking nothing of other nations. That means pagans, pagan nations, ungodly people, unrighteous people. He said, we therefore ought to receive such, the ministers, that might be fellow helpers to the truth. I wrote unto the called out assembly. Now he gets into something else. He talks about how well Gaius was doing and the things that Gaius was doing. Then he jumps on this creature of habit (laughs) by the name of Diophrys. He says, this man, look at verse 9. I wrote unto the called out assembly, but Diophrys, who loved to have the preeminence among them, received us not. Now here's a man that's the leader of a different church. But when the people of God came into the church, he didn't want to accept them. He didn't want to acknowledge them. We got that going on right here in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. You walk into the church and the pastors are little seem like they're going to take the pulpit and hold on to it. Nobody can get near it. Nobody can get close to it. They don't even want to welcome you and invite you in the pulpit. Sit in the back somewhere and go back outdoors. That's how some ministers feel when they visit some churches. Personally, I don't visit churches when I'm not in attendance. I stay at home and rest because I know there are, there are few of my friends I can go and visit with, but a lot of these places in Winston-Salem, I wouldn't dare cross their threshold because I know the behavior pattern. And it's just like what John is saying to Gaius about the behavior of Diophrys. They feel like it's all about them. It's all about me. I'm the head Negro in charge. Everything has to come through me. And I, you know, there are churches where you can't even get married unless the pastor gives you permission to get married. Stories told of a fellow, his uh, father passed away. And he went to the pastor and told the pastor that his father had passed and he needed permission to go to the funeral. And he told him, well, your office is so important. We need you here. You can't attend. That would have been my last session at that church. Whenever you become so bold to you try to take the position of God, there is something wrong with you. God said, this is my house and these are my people, my flock, and you're just a shepherd. You just like them. All I did was call you to lead. You have some of the same problems they got. You go through the same things they go through. Your job is just to be a leader and to show forth what God is saying to them so that when they fall, let them fall on their face. But they'll go to God and get back up. You're not to be the judge or the jury. Your job is to what? Minister the word of God and let the word do the work. Let the Holy Spirit step in and minister where ministry needs. Let the Holy Spirit lead and guide them and bring them back to the fold, even if they stray away. When the time is right, God said, okay, time, come on back. 
Come on into the fold and let the people love on you a little bit. Come on into the fold and let them appreciate you a little bit. Come on into the fold and let them do some things for you that you need done for yourself. Verse number 8 in this chapter says, verse, I'm sorry, verse number 10. He says, wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he does, pratting against us with malleous words and not content therewith, Neither do, does he himself receive the brethren and forbid them that would, casting them out of their sin. Now this is the preacher, the leader of the church. And Paul was warning Gaius, he said, stay away from people like that. Because they're not in, have no interest in God. There are a lot of people running around here pretending that they are interested in the things of God. Pretending that they're interested in the body of Christ. They're wolves. Dressed up in sheep's clothing. Christ talks about that. He said, The thief cometh but what forth to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I've come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. He said, There are wolves among the sheep. And when the, and when, when the real threat comes, they're going to take their tail and put it between their legs and run. Leave the sheep fending for themselves. God said, you don't need a leader like that. Neither. Leader got to stand up. He got to be bold. He got to stay. He got to be like a lion. He got to stand bold when it comes to the people of God. He got to be the one to protect, watch over, yeah. and make sure that people are not being mistreated and taken advantage of. Yeah. People can't be walked on and walked over and mistreated. And you say, I'm the leader. I mean, one time we was. We were going on a trip. I got to tell this story. The, the minister's deceased now. But we were going uh, to Charlotte for a service. And uh, I was driving for the pastor at that time. And the congregation had gone ahead of us. And matter, matter of fact, we were going to the National Baptist Convention. I'm sorry, in, in um, Baltimore, Maryland. We were going up there. And the pastor, uh, I was driving for him. And somehow or another, everybody got misplaced. And so... Some arrived on time, some arrived a little later. And we were the ones that arrived a little later. And so he asked for his room. And so he said, well, the lady said, well, there's no room in your name. And he says, well, there's got to be any room in my name. And she says, well, who are you? He says, well, I'm the pastor. And she said, well, what are you doing behind them? <laughs> if you're leading, you got to be out front. You can't be behind. <laughs> but the moral of the story is, if you're going to leave, leave. If you're not going to leave, get your wind set out. See, there's three places in God, boy. You can what? Lead. You can follow. Or please get out of the way. <laughs> because you are a hindrance and God don't need a hindrance. Let's look a little bit of this, a little bit more of this. He says, this man cast the people out of the assembly. Verse 11 says, Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that does good is of God, but he that does not good has not what? Seen God. Then he goes to Demetrius. Demetrius was a fellow person, Christian, that, uh, that no doubt had been met and made friends with, Paul, with uh, John. And the scripture says that this man was a man of truth. This man was a man of righteousness. And he told Gaius, he said, now, boy, get with this man. Spend time with this person. This is the person you need to be spending time with. You see that Christian is always doing what God says do, always walking the walk, talking the talk, doing the things that he needs to do. He's not perfect, but he's showing a pattern of how you should follow Christ. That's the person you need to be with. Yes, not the ones that's running around here saying one thing and doing 12 others. God says what? Say what you're going to do and do what you say. 
and let sure let it be the work and the will and the purpose of God in your life. For God is the one in charge. He's the one that created all of us and made us for his will and for his purpose. This man, Diophrys, was, was, he was troubled. That's all he was. He was nothing but trouble and created problems for the church. The scripture tells us in uh, the book of John, the 10th chapter, Christ's sheep hear his voice and they follow him. And a stranger, verse 5 says, they will not follow but will flee from him for they know not the voice of strangers. He said, if a person is not, if you're not familiar, when people come in and start talking about God, it don't take you long for your spirit to pick up. You have that spirit of discernment. You will pick up on whether they're sincere or not in just a matter of seconds. It won't take long either. You'll say, nah, that's a devil right there. He's just acting like he's a Christian. And you've got those kind of people in God's house every day. See, the word tells us to keep the things of God forefront. Walk before God. Live before God and allow the power and the presence of God to manifest. But most of all, he says, if you are a child of God and a servant of God, allow the power and the presence of God to manifest and come through you. When you need to help somebody, reach out and help them. You need to give to somebody, go ahead and give to them. Don't wait till somebody asks you. You see a need, go ahead and fulfill that need. You know, ask you to do what you need to do in God's house. You know it need to be done. Just go ahead and be about it and do it. He said, be encouraged to do the things of God. Yeah. Be encouraged to walk upright before God. Yeah. Be encouraged to allow the power and the presence of God to manifest in you. He said, be encouraged. Don't allow the enemy to steal your joy. The devil will try to wreck everything you got going if you don't watch out. You don't pay attention to what God's doing in your life and, and watch the things around you. The enemy will come in and cycle everything you've got. What does the Bible says? He's just like a roaring lion walking to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. That's the word. Job said, what? Job, Job, God was talking to Job and said, Satan, what you doing in this meeting? He said, well, I'm just walking to and fro, seeking whom I may devour. God said, have you considered Job? And then he let him have way with him. He wouldn't let him take his life, but he let him have way with him because Job felt like he didn't need, he couldn't, he couldn't be touched. And sometimes we have to go through. It brings, so God can what? Strengthen us. Trials brings strength, brings power, brings separation, brings saturation, brings all of the things that God, the sanctification of God. Sometimes these things come through your experiences. You have to go through. Sometimes you got to go through, but you come out as pure as gold. Have you been tried in the fire, somebody said? And the answer was yes. Why? Because they came out as pure gold after being tried in the furnace. There's a story that the word of God tells us about, about a prophet who had a very similar situation to what we're talking about in this particular book of 3 John. In the book of Kings, the scripture tells us in the 17th chapter of the book of Kings, we find that, that Elijah the prophet had been out in the wilderness because he'd been out there and the Arabs had been feeding him in the morning and feeding him in the evening and he was drinking water from the brook and they would feed him his meals and he would drink from the brook. They would feed him his meals, he would drink from the brook. Well, the brook dried up and when the brook dried up, he didn't have no more water. Uh -huh. and, and he was 
very thirsty. And God spoke to him. He said, get up and go to Zarephath. There is a widow woman there that I want you to meet. She is going to take care of you. Now, God's already got his servant ready and waiting on Elijah. All he had to do was go there. He gets up. He goes to Zarephath. And he meets this woman at the well. This woman at this well knows he's coming, but she's still hesitant to do what she's supposed to do. So, so she asked him, how can I help you? He says, go bring me some water in a pitcher. And, and she turns to go get the water and he says, and, and bring me one small whole cake because I'm hungry. And she says, I don't have but one little cup of meal. And I'm going, and a cruise of oil, and I'm going to take that oil and make one more meal for me and my son, and we're going to eat it and die. And, and Jeremiah said, I mean, and Isaiah said, uh, 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 the prophet said, don't worry about that. He said, but make it for me first. Bring it to me. So she goes in the house. She gets this prepared for Elijah. And and once she's got it all prepared, he eats it. And when he eats it, she prepares for herself and her son. And the Bible says that once she fed the man of God and took care of his needs, The oil never ran out. The bread never stopped coming. In other words, every time she'd reach in the barrel, there was more. So the blessings kept coming in, so she never had to worry about anything else. Every time she got ready to eat or to drink, she had it because what? She did what God said. Take care of my servants. Take care of the people that I send to you. And as you do that, I'm going to continue to bless you. This woman continued to have blessing after blessing after blessing. The prosperity of her soul and her flesh and her child continued to manifest because she put her faith and trust in God first. She didn't have to feed the man of God. She trusted God. She didn't trust uh, Elijah. She knew Elijah was right because God had already told her he was coming. But her faith had to be in God over Elijah. And he just warned her, God already done spoke to you, lady. Go in there and do what you're supposed to do and bring me the food. See, But, see, but when you reach out and bless God's people, he's going to always reach out and bless you. Don't, don't let the devil fool you in the banking. That's not so. Because there are so many truths about what God has done for people that just done a little bit. They just done a little bit. Don't have to be like Dio Freeze. And be the one to thank you all of that and some more. Yes. Just be who you are. Yeah. You know, be yourself. And when God speaks to your heart and say, do this for my people, do it. When God tells you to go forth, go. When God tells you to move, move. Whatever he says to you and speaks into your heart, that has to manifest. And when that manifests, the blessings of God will continue to come upon you. The things of God will continue to manifest in your life. And God will continue to give you peace, victory, and liver. He tells us in this particular verse, he says, help those that need help. He says, do what is good and follow after that which is righteousness. Then he says, do it all 
from truth. See, the word of God is truth. He says, you shall know the truth in John 8, 32. And the truth shall what? Set you free. Then he says, have a good report among all men. Let our lives be such of the example that it's a good report. So people are going to talk about you. They talk about Christ. They're going to lie on you. They're going to make all kind of accusations, falsely accuse you. But Christ says, don't let your good be evil spoken of. But he says, do all things with truth. And finally, he tells us, let the peace of God cover you. Let the peace of God be with you. Don't raise Cain. Just let the peace of God be with you. So, brother, I can knock you out, but I'm just going to walk in the peace of God. I'm going to let the revelator himself minister to me. I'm going to let the apostle himself tell me what God said I ought to do, even though you ain't doing what you want to do. What I need to say, even though you ain't saying what you need to say. So, so I'm going to step back and give this one to God. Say, like, like, like this lady, she said, I'm going to give it to God. I'm going to go fix you something because I know you're hungry. I'm going to bring you that water because I know you're thirsty. But most of all, I'm going to trust the God that I serve that he will provide. And that's exactly what God does. Every time God will provide. You ever gave anybody something and as soon as you give it to them, you have it back? Sometimes double or triple what you've given them. God will bless you just as fast, sometimes faster than you can give it away. If you've got a closed fist, you can't get nothing in there but open it. You can release and you can receive. And that's what God is saying to the church. Release the things of God. Help those that need help in the body of Christ. And as you so do it, God will bless you. The phone rang this morning. There was a lady on the phone trying, or somebody on the phone trying to figure out how to bring us some food. See, God is blessing this ministry. God is moving in this ministry. But we have to be prepared. That's why I teach the way I teach and preach the way I preach. Because I want you prepared for when people start coming. They'll say, man, what an experience. Those people over there wowed. You ever heard that word? They wowed me. I was happy to sit in the congregation. I was glad when the word says when they said to me, let us go where? To the house of the Lord. People need to be glad to come to God's house. They don't need to be aggravated or worried. I'm going to church this morning, but I don't know what they're going to do to me. I don't know how they're going to receive me. I don't know what they're going to say about me. People go to church like that every Sunday. To the same place. It's like they are drawn to getting beat up. Drawn to being attacked by the enemy. It seems like they're just drawn to things that are just not of God. That's going on in God's house. But we have to be focused. If we focus on Christ, this is all about Christ. That's why John wrote this. He said this is about Christ. Not about an individual person. But the people of Christ need to be in the right place so that the things of Christ can manifest in the lives of his people. Whenever you talk about Christ, he said, if I, if I be lifted from the earth, will draw all men unto me. It's not about the pastor, not the prophet, the apostle, the bishop. It's about Christ and him crucified for all of us so that the world can see, get it right with God. Time is winding up. Say, Bishop, your pastor said that when he was nine years old. I'm going to say it today. Time is winding up. It's getting late in the evening. And the sun ain't going down. It's burning people up right now. People, I mean hundreds of people 
getting burned up by the heat in Texas and all those places out that way. It's so hot that it's, I told somebody the other day, I said, I walked in, I was just thinking, I said, you know, it's so hot out there, I think I saw the devil and all his friends running down the middle of the road. That's how hot it is. I mean, it is a scorching heat. I mean, it's just, it's just like baker, oven baker heat. You turn on the oven and the heat, when you go out the door, the heat is so hot, it just feels like you're baking out there. The word of God tells us and shares with us, go forth and let Christ be the center of your life and allow him to use you to be a blessing to the people of God. Don't worry about how you're going to make it. When God speaks to your heart, just do what God says. Yes, yes. And I promise you from experience, yes. he will provide every time. Yes. David said, I was young and I'm now old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. That's the word. And God said before one jot or tittle in any wise from the word fell, heaven and earth will pass away. May God bless you this morning. May heaven smile upon you. Let us stand for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come this morning, our Yeshua, our Elohim, to bless you, to praise you, to thank you for this message. Father, we just ask you that you allow your love, your hospitality, your glorious power, your manifestation of peace and love come forth in this ministry. We pray for everyone under the sound of my voice now and ask you to just touch their spirit and their heart and let this word go forth and accomplish that for which thou hast sinned. We thank you this morning for these that have assembled themselves in the place of worship and we bless you and glorify and magnify your holy and righteous name. Be with us today and keep us, cover us in the blood of Christ Yeshua, protect us in our homes, in our communities, in our cities. Most of all, have mercy on this country. Bless the leaders of this nation. Have mercy, Lord God, and just give us wisdom to seek trust and rely upon. Call upon you and follow you and your word, Father. We bless you through Christ our Lord and Savior. These blessings we ask to pray and declare by faith. In Christ's mighty name we pray that all God's people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning.